Easy now, raise a car. This is DJ Getter, Killer Instinct. Keep it hardcore. Welcome to Souls of Hip Hop, Throwback Edition. Between 2004 and 2015, I interviewed many hip hop artists and recently discovered some of the recordings in my archive. We want to share a selection of our favorites and bring you these throwbacks in between our regular episodes. Enjoy! If you listen to our episode with DJ Renegade, you know that I'm a fan of Brickcore, a rap genre from the UK that used up-tempo breaks, funk samples, and lots of scratching. In 2009, I got to interview one of my favorite Brickcore groups called Killa Instinct. Their style had a big impact on the European hip-hop scene, and these guys are just so much fun to hang out with. Here's the interview. In 88, started out as total fiasco. How did you get into the whole hip-hop scene? Growing up where we came from, I mean, hip-hop was very small, not many people into it, but there was kind of like a dedicated group of graffiti artists and people that just enjoyed hip-hop. So uh, me and a couple of friends just started rapping, a couple of guys started DJing. And then we hooked up with another graffiti crew from another area, which is where I met Getta. Also, Decoy, Image and Double K. Yeah. Which and so then we kind of got together through remembering the names. So we got back, got together through graffiti really, and then discovered uh, you know a few of us were rapping, a couple were DJing, and decided to, to give it a go really. Just uh, yeah, get to try and do some tunes together. Yeah, we did some demos, took the tapes around to people. Um, we met DJ Sun from Hard Noise at the time, played him the demo, and he really liked it. And he, he got us in touch with No Sleep Nigel uh, up into Cold Storage uh, Studios up in Brixton, where we recorded a song called Domino Theory which was the first thing that we ever did, but we never released it. And then we did See How They Run, Method to the Madness, and uh, decided to put that out as a white label, uh, funded it all ourselves. So kind of, yeah, so the, the only way that we could get it out there, I mean, there was so little hip hop coming out, especially from outer suburbs of London and stuff. The only way to do it was to kind of print it up and try and get a name for yourself that way. So that's what we did. And then, so Total Fiasco was born from that. Took the records around, couldn't sell them. People weren't really into it. And uh, then Total Fiasco kind of like just grew apart really. We were from different areas and it was quite hard to keep in contact all the time. And also a little bit, uh, yeah, let down really with the whole kind of, hey, we've recorded a record we thought it was going to be really good and that's the start of everything. And in the UK, the, the scene, especially for white hip hop from the suburbs, there was just no real market for it. Especially we, we liked it quite fast and quite a hectic sort of style, which is what we were really into. And the, the scene just wasn't as we imagined it really. Uh, we, we had no idea how uh, hip-hop was in uh, Europe, through Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Holland, and had no idea if this whole kind of brick core scene that was kind of developing, to us it was kind of like it was de- get, becoming dead and buried, but overseas it was kind of like growing fast. But, so we finished Total Fiasco and then um, a few of us split apart and me and Get stayed together with Sniper and we reinvented ourselves as Total Fiasco. When you split apart the new group uh, you want to call Onslaught, that's, yeah. And you couldn't because overseas or in America there was already a group that had a trademark that name. Yeah, yeah, it's a heavy metal band just called Onslaught. It was actually Simon Harris that told us that we couldn't have it, which is <laughs> a bit of a bit of a problem because it was like two days or something before we were going to press. I think it was like there was a really small small time limit of when we had to think of a new name <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, but Killer Instinct's probably better anyway, so that's why. It was, yeah, it's, it's one of the lyrics from the song. 
was uh, kicking in with a quick killer instinct. So it's kind of like we're just racking our brains. We had some really bad names as well. Painkiller was, <laughs> was, was the one that was kind of leading the way. And I'm so pleased that kind of fizzled out. Yeah. But the whole thing with Simon Harris was after Total Fiasco, we stayed in contact with DJ Sun yeah. and uh, went back into the studio with No Sleep Nigel and recorded uh, Bambi Murders uh, as Onslaught. And yeah, it was only and then shipped it around and got picked up straight away with Music Alive. So and that, that for us was really the, kind of the start of everything because that, that kind of, yeah, got us actually out there properly, not releasing a white label, having someone actually put it in the shops and actually felt that we were actually achieving something at that point. Albeit not mass success or anything, but it felt that the music that he was writing and pressing up was actually getting to people because people could buy it finally. Well, you were also able to go on tour and uh, see the other European countries, as you mentioned before, that you could realize that in Germany and Holland, Switzerland and so on, it was really catching on. Yeah, for, for us, the, the, the breakthrough was really leaving Music Alive. We didn't really get on that well. They, they weren't really into the kind of style of hip-hop that we wanted to create. Simon Harris wanted to take production credits and kind of redo all our work. And it was, it was, it was more, it just sounded like a Simon Harris tune with, with some raps and, and scratches on it. It, just, it. it was totally different to what we did. So when we kind of refused to kind of go down that route, I mean, we, we knew what we wanted to do musically. We kind of pursued that avenue. And it's just a, after uh, Ununited Kingdom and Den of Thieves, Uh, there was no way we could continue working with them because to them it was like we had to work with Simon Harris and to us it was like it's just not going to work and so at that point no we've been doing shows in London we'd met uh, groups like um, Gunshot uh, and through them uh, Lucas G uh, took us on uh, he, he was managing Deliverance at the time and also Gunshot and said you know why don't we move away from music for life he'll give us uh, total freedom to write control of the music we do and he would help try and get us a record deal Uh, and try and get us out there and that was how we got in contact with Gunshot really and um, by chance I think that the first tour that we did Blade and Gunshot were meant to be going out together but for some reason Blade couldn't go and so Lucas asked if we would go and support Gunshot which for us yeah. we've been doing really crappy gigs in the UK <laughs> to a handful of people it's like do you want to go suddenly to suddenly get handed a, a yeah. support for Gunshot you're going to take it aren't you <laughs> yeah the Patriot Games tour So it's kind of like, yeah, the release of Gunshot's album. And so, and that was how we got out to Europe. And instead of signing up to a label, Lucas had his own European rhyme records under his crash management. And so, so we just released the next record, Whispers of Hatred, through Lucas. And uh, yeah, actually got out to Europe. And I think that was when it kind of hit home that what we were doing actually had a purpose. As much as we enjoyed the music that we wrote and that we were into, to actually see people... Um, crowds of people jumping up and down and playing it was, to it was actually the first time they would actually seen any real positive feedback from what we'd done I think that was how it sort of like really hit home wasn't it yeah like seeing people actually enjoying what it is that we'd done and we've not didn't have that before at all no that is definitely the first taste not success but just kind of appreciation yeah. I think of actually yeah, yeah realising that you, you're actually part of a scene that you never knew really existed yeah. you, you knew of Gunshot and you know how we were very into their kind of style of music and liked everything they did and their performances but then to go to Europe and actually see it firsthand and then actually receive some of that adulation from people and people actually appreciating what you do it, yeah it made it real didn't it and, yeah, it, and, it, and it kind of spurred yeah. us on to kind of pursue it further so that uh, was a huge influence and uh, you also performed at the European uh, Hardcore Hip Hop Festival in Bern here mm -hmm. 
in uh, was that ninety three? Yeah, it was it was ninety three. Yeah, yeah, got got vague memories of it. <laughs> Back in the day, we used to smoke a lot of weed, and uh, yeah, the whole kind of that whole time was quite hazy. And you also were able to perform in uh, Hamburg at the Xmas Jam. Yeah. You actually lived in uh, Hamburg for a while, didn't you, Ben? I, I lived in uh, Bremen, which is close to Hamburg. But a lot of my friends, I was very close with Ready Kill, uh, Shatterhands, uh, Shoot Your Dead, that became very good friends of mine. So, and also uh, No Remorse. So, I, I mean, I stayed with it as uh, part of a German uh, hip hop punk band called Surprise. That uh, we were touring a lot, traveling around, and I was able to kind of live in uh, Bremen, do do the shows, and then kind of just travel over to Hamburg very regularly to see my friends and everything so yeah very very good memories of that time had a, had a lot of fun very different to life in the UK <laughs> Geta for you in the early days were uh, DJs like Underground or Supreme influences were they yeah, definitely, definitely I mean like all the, the early UK DJs were sort of like pioneering different techniques and sounds and scratches And uh, you know, you just spend hours and hours and hours in your room just trying to trying to get these techniques locked down and and finding out new ways of doing stuff. And it was really interesting because every time you bought a new 12 or a new group come out, their DJ would have a new style or something interesting to put put down. So it was uh, yeah, it was really good, and it was they they were really influential. In my opinion, at least, the UK scene had much more diversity. You had. Um, Like London Posse with already this reggae rap and uh, Brickcore as a totally new uh, thing emerging from uh, yeah. the whole American scene. Where do you see your big hit in the UK history? Hmm. Yeah, uh, well, it's, <laughs> it's strange. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we were actually did have, you know, massively that successful in the UK. Is that fair? Yeah, no, completely. I mean, for for us, the whole the whole scene was over in Europe. I mean, which is why to to the current day, we, we've we've never really pursued chasing the music scene in the UK because the style of hip hop. I mean, from the the brickcore sound that everyone was into in Europe, the scene never really happened in the UK. I mean, we used to do some tours with a, a, a ska punk hip hop band called King Prawn, and it was great, but, but it was never in the same league as what we'd do in Europe. So, I mean, in the UK, you, you were lucky to play to 50 to 100 yeah. people, whereas we could have played, you know, we played in the Mark Tyler two, you know, four or five times that. So, it, it, for, for us, the UK was never seen as a market. Around 92, 93, uh, you'll see very few bands like Gunshot, like ourselves, like Two Tone Committee. Uh, doing anything because there, there were really if, if you couldn't get out to Europe you weren't going to get you know yeah. the response that you wanted it wasn't by it wasn't by choice no no you know I, th I think it's you know I think it was just a case of that's how it was you know I think you know the UK hip hop scene it wasn't big enough to accommodate it I don't think and that Britcore sound that we were doing and it's it just seemed to sort of you know hit hit a, a big a bigger nerve with people over in Europe than it did in England How was it in Scotland growing up? Was there a big hip hop scene? Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to be a break dancer in the um, early 80s. That's how I got into hip hop. I was like 14. Um, so, back that time, since then, up to now. Yeah. And uh, how did you um, meet the whole London scene? The London scene? Well, people around, around the UK just. And I didn't really have any networks, no mobile phones, no internet. It was just through the music, you know. 
we did the same kind of yeah pigeon pigeon carriers maybe <laughs> we did the same kind of music and um, the style of scratching style of rapping obviously uh, conf never conflicted but it's um you know amalgamated into one sound and um, when people in Europe started taking interest in it we actually met more overseas maybe be the first time we meet somebody. And uh, you have a new project, uh, plans for an interplanetary bust. What can you tell us about that? Well pronounced. This is an EP, but it's basically took, uh, and the best part, there's five songs on it. Um, four of those are scratch-based. Um, one of them's featuring Band Dog, Remarkable. It's called The Lab. Um, this was going to be an LP title. Um, it might change, I might keep it the same. Um, so it took maybe three years to do this, just to get those songs correct, sounding correct, and amongst working on other projects as well. So I'm quite happy with it. It, it took time. There's like a varied amount of different styles on it. Needles of Death is more like a Britcore sound. Watch the Birdies, more humorous. You've got to put humour into the music or we'll all go mad, you know? <laughs> yeah, so straight up scratch track called Two Wah. But any DJs, like when it's on vinyl, it's only on CD at the moment, there's like a cut, scratch noise um, at the start of Two Wah, which is pretty good to scratch up, which is off a cartoon record. So hopefully when that comes out, you know, lots of people will be scratching it, you know, so. And uh, where do you think we can buy it? How are you going to distribute it? Um, that's the thing, as Chris was saying, although we get so much respect and, and love from people out in Europe, uh, in the UK, you're just sort of sitting on your, your laurels at the and thinking, you know, busting your brain to think about the best way to do it without any money. If somebody put money up to finance it, it's an easier thing. But maybe Groove Attack would maybe distrib distribute it. I mean, dropping their name without speaking to them, but possibly when it's on vinyl, I'll make sure it gets out here, more so than it does in anywhere else. Germany, Switzerland, France. You had a album, AHBL, that was shelved by Move, right? Yeah, I mean, we did an album uh, titled All Hell Breaks Loose, which We, we did a, we the Dead Breed album that we finally released took uh, 12 songs from the recordings that we did. So, but yeah, just uh, musical differences and yeah, just generally. Well, they went bust. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's cut to the chase. That's the main reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they went bust. <laughs> yeah. Before you put your thing out, but. But yeah. Yeah, no, so, yeah, so the, yeah, so it's nothing to do with us, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, they, yeah, there was, yeah, yeah, they they ceased to be, so the album had to wait to release. So because they still owned rights to it after yeah. paying for the recording and whatnot. So uh, yeah, as time went on, we, we never thought it was actually going to going to come out. But uh, Getter got, uh, was contacted by DJ Halo from uh, the Criminal Minds, and he was interested to, to put the, the record out. So uh, selected 12 tracks from the, the recordings to originally as a double album, and just uh, put it out there really, just so so people could get hold of it. A lot of people have been asking what, what had happened to the album, so it gave people finally a chance to get get hold of some of the songs from it. And uh, what new material are you working on right now? 
Right, for, for Killer Instinct, we've just got a new 12-inch, which you can buy through various shops in Switzerland. Uh, in Zurich at the moment, which today we're just going around all the record shops, putting some in there. We've just been to Six Pack with DJ Nails, and uh, he's taken some copies. So if anyone in Zurich wants to get hold of it, uh, yeah, go down to Six Pack or various other shops we're going to go to today. Uh, we're going to be selling it online in Human Monster and Dead Man Walking for Killer Instinct. Dead Man Walking features uh, Monkey Sons, which is the other band that I'm involved with, with Remark. Yeah, I mean, the track's featuring Crash Slaughter on Scratching. We've got Getter Scratching on it as well. Features uh, various musicians that were part of the Monkey Sons band. So, yeah, we've got uh, the Monkey Sons new record out as well, which is Water Off a Monkey's Back and fire chaser uh, kind of water off monkeys back straight up kind of a band hip-hop track kind of scar uh, rock hip-hop uh, with cuts on from crash yeah, and the b-side is fire chaser also cuts with crash <laughs> and uh yeah which is a more kind of straight up hardcore kind of tune but very fast in your face sort yeah. of my arms are gonna fall off man yeah and <laughs> do that life one day so fast so yeah so tonight yeah, yeah if anyone is coming down tonight we'll see you <laughs> See Smez without any art. Yeah. See Crash without any art. <laughs> so that, that's the current stuff at the moment. Is for for me personally, uh, Killer Instinct and Monkey Sons, but Remark also working with Monkey Sons and uh, Sublime Wizardry, which is Mark's other uh, Remark's other project with Merlin from Hamburg, which Mark will just tell you about now. Yeah, tonight's um, exclusive. It's like the first kind of live performance with um, myself and Merlin from Hamburg, and it should be quite entertaining. It's going to be seven songs from the new EP. Uh, see how that goes down live and hopefully in the future like um we're going to get a little tour together with killer instinct and um, monkey songs crash getter and band organ myself and merlin possibly uh april may i think that time will be hopefully fingers crossed uh, if you want the cd you can get it off my myspace plans for an interplanetary bust at the moment or you can get it in gato shop yeah which uh, is under pressure in hamburg yeah which is uh schanzenstrasse They've got an online store as well, Vinyl Solution. Vinylism, Vinyl Solution, yeah. So once you see these sales, get me the money and I can get the records done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw the video on, I think, MySpace of uh, Monkey Sons, the Monkey Sons are old. That's a hilarious video. How did you come up with that idea? It kind of, um, it progressed. It was just like um, a song where we just wanted to have a laugh with things and you know, not take ourselves too seriously because... Britcore can be, you know, quite anger fueled and stuff, and you know, it's just quite nice to relax now and then and have a laugh. And um, and that song came together really quickly with the band and whatnot. Um, the band that produced it and, and it came together really quickly. And then um, it was was it Decoy? Yeah, the old MC from Total Fiasco, who now makes uh, short films. He's a film producer. Yeah, he's worldwide being shown in most cinemas across the. <laughs> he's, <Yes>. Yeah, he's, <laughs> uh, he's, yeah he's, he's doing short films really, really good. And um, we spoke to him and asked if he'd be interested in uh, doing a video. And he, he said that he had an idea. And uh, it, basically he came up with the whole concept for the video, his girlfriend's dad yeah. in the video, and just various <laughs> people they knew. And so we didn't have to do anything. We just kind of gave him the music and then he came back with this video. So yeah, it was, it was good. That's what happened with that. Watch the body video as well. Yeah, just gave it to somebody and went and did it. You know, same. Sometimes it happens like that, like Mark says, it's like sometimes we all concentrate on the music. And do you know what I mean? The people that are actually film, 
film creators have got better ideas for what's visually good yeah. than we do. There's no so point in telling a film producer, yeah, like, sure. there's no point in telling somebody that makes the music. Yeah. Obviously, you can have ideas and concepts. It's like Mark's brother's a, a filmmaker as well, and he's working on the new Monkey Sons video for Water of the Monkey's Back. And uh, he, he, he came down, met us, and that, and he's just come in with some brilliant ideas. We're just kind of bouncing back off him, what, you know just chipping into it but primarily it's all down to the producer the guy that directs the video so yeah let, let them guys get on with it yeah, step back right music <laughs> Gary you're also part of a crew called a hook and sling uh, no not well yes <laughs> how to confuse you no well we started off doing as, as hook and sling but we changed it because there was another guy also called hook and sling so we're doing it now as ribs and IG88 and it's it's kind of you know just I don't know just looking at different production styles and you know, bits of breaks and dubstep and stuff like that just to sort of like you know just to learn new styles and new techniques of production you know, just to keep keep me interested basically yeah. we've actually just taken over a record label called Guerrilla Tactics uh, and that's going to be putting out sort of all sorts of stuff really but again it's going to be sort of more of the bass heavy music basically <laughs> but we'll be looking to sort of like get you know MCs along and just sort of just experiment basically to try new stuff out you know different sounds different techniques see where it goes the whole Rick core scene to me is always very um violence oriented like a <laughs> hijacks horns of jericho album cover or yeah just in general what is your fascination about violence <laughs> I, I think that's a, a strange one really because for, for us I was always into kind of I love concept hip hop I'm not into people bragging and telling me how good they are it's just become boring and like kind of growing up I loved horror films so for me um, a lot of my influence from writing music producing and doing lyrics and stuff and working with Getter well you know we, we both had a love for horror films so it just felt natural to kind of Write and, about that and the music that the yeah accompany them you know the soundtracks of, of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah suspense yeah. and it just it led itself yeah. the kind of suspense strings and horns and and then we've kind of like fast uh, fast beats and stuff that's the sound that we liked the whole brickcore scene uh, I think is perceived very differently by most people because they'll take lyrics literally or they'll see imagery and and take that as kind of like a threatening kind of thing whereas. But for me personally, the whole it was never seen as a threatening thing. It's, it no, was con horror was always concept to me. It's like you, every horror film doesn't mean that everyone wants to go out and kill everyone, but but it's it's entertaining for me. Music is entertaining and horror I loved and we loved. So that's that's that's, that's what I'd write about. Yeah. So I think some people kind of take listen to it and then take things literally it's as got, in, it's got yeah. quite an aggressive sound but that doesn't necessarily mean that the message behind it was aggressive or Passion, you know it, well. yeah, yeah and it's you know I think it's it's more sort of implied <laughs> it's not actually we weren't actually violent <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's yeah. just a passionate thing as people say and um, isn't it man it's something that you know comes out of you and uh, it's not meant to sound like an attack or anything it's just meant to sound like a barrage of sound and, and yeah. emotions mixed up and what comes out comes out really doesn't it yes yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a kind um, of like a vessel for venting isn't it it's kind of like you know, it, based and, yeah a vessel for venting yeah exactly yeah, everyone, everyone gets pissed off, and I think it's it's better for for us to release this through music 
than to turn around and just smack someone you don't know. Then you just, I mean, there's a lot of idiots out there that are into fighting and stuff. For us, we could release any kind of aggression and passion through music, which is brilliant. Because uh, the rest of the time, people meet you and they're like, you're really kind of calm and peaceful guys. It's like, yeah, I mean, we can get up on stage and get every kind of bit of anger out of us through our music and then come off stage and be sat around chatting and being pals with everyone. It's cool. So we're, we're happy. We're, yeah, it worked, it worked for us. Do you have any last words that you want to mention? Any promotion you want to do for any new projects? Mainly for me would be to promote the Killer Instinct single, Inhuman Monster, Dead Man Walking, and the Monkey Sons single, Water Off Monkey's Back and Fire Chaser. Um, yeah, to, this is what we're pushing at the moment. There's a few other things that we've got in uh, projects going on, but I mean, it's all too early to kind of like, disclose information. Because some of these things you start off never kind of materialise. So I think for, for Remark and Merlin is to promote uh, Sublime Wizardry. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to get in contact with us through MySpace, uh, we've got pages for Monkey Sons, 100th Monkeys, which is now Monkey Sons, Killer Inst, Crash Slaughter, Bandog, Remarkable One. Ribs, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> so, and if you and if people are looking to get hold of our material, if, if they can't get it through shops or whatever, just get in contact via MySpace, and we can sort anything out. There may be like um, two tone committee reunion as well uh, on the cards, plus Silver Bullet LPs coming out. I'm doing cuts on that. Um, any future developments as well, but before that, an LP from myself, possibly plans for an planetary bust, same title, maybe not. It's about size it and then um, obviously working with Chris and Geta on Kill Instinct stuff. Mark. So. Keep buying the records, mate. Oh, yeah, I can't just say as well, uh, Naked Ape Record Company, which is what we're just setting up at the moment, which is releasing uh, a lot of our material. So, yeah, just to kind of get the name out there through, through Naked Ape Records. Cool. And, and thanks, Razor, for, for yeah. doing the interview, man. Indeed. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for the time. Our theme music was beatboxed by Dennis de Menis and produced by CD. A big shout out to the brothers from Switzerland. The background music was produced by Taki Brano. A big thank you to Abrowski from Providence. Our podcast basically runs on coffee. To keep our show running, you can support by buying us a coffee through the link in our show notes. I am Candy. I am DJ Razorcat. And, and this, this is, is Souls of Hip Hop. Hip-hop.